Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. If you're joining me on my drive to work or if I'm joining you on yours, welcome in. It is good to have you listening. You know, it's been about three weeks since my last episode. I recorded an episode right after the Lakers won the championship and took a brief hiatus. So it's glad I'm glad to be back. It's great to be back recording an episode. Um, so let's just jump into it. I'm The Lakers won the championship. LA, we've been riding high about 10 days 12 days later the Dodgers won the World Series so you know I'm not a Dodgers fan necessarily I'm an Angels fan but always great to see the you know an LA team get the get a win get a World Series win win a championship pretty awesome to have both teams winning in the same year um, you know for the first time since 1988 which was coincidentally also the last time that the Dodgers won a World Series was uh, the year the, the Lakers also won. That they also won in that year as well. So cool to have all those things line up. Um, you know, even in a COVID year, even in this weird year with COVID, with things being shut down, things being crazy. Like it, a championship's a championship. You got you had to work hard to get there. Both, you know, all the same. All the teams had the same stuff to fight through as you did. Um, and the stars just lined up. That's how championships work. To win a championship, you got to have the stars align. You got to do the right things. You got to stay healthy. And both teams were able to do that, take care of it, and made Los Angeles a city of champions. So, congrats to the Dodgers. Just want to mention that really quick. So, where are we with you know the NBA? With where things are, you know, how is the NBA going to start up again soon? You know, after the at the end of the after the Lakers won the championship, I kind of figured that the NBA wouldn't start up until probably, you know, January, February of 21, um, which seems, you know, it seemed like the right time. You do a short season and then have the finals in the summer as, as, as they usually do in, you know, mid to late June, something like that. And... So, in the last few weeks, the NBA has come out that their targeted their targeted date to come back is around December 22nd. So, today I'm recording, it's November 2nd. You know, they mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I'm a little late to the party, but... So, basically, they mentioned this plan two months in advance to come back around December 22nd. That way they can have all the, the Christmas games, which, as you all know or as most NBA fans know those are kind of the big the big it's like the big marquee regular season game for the NBA are those Christmas Day games those games are always fun to watch um, and it's big for revenue you know it's big for for ESPN and ABC and you know TNT or whatever the whatever channels are hosting those games big for a big for the from the revenue standpoint you know they pay to get products and part of that is those Christmas Day games so the NBA is really wanting to get back by by Christmas but obviously that's a pretty quick turn for for at least the teams that were in the in the bubble and in the playoffs all the way close to the end and this only affects 
really two to four teams. You know, it affects the Lakers. It affects the Heat, first and foremost. And then yeah, I think it affects the Western comp- – or the the conference finals teams. So the Nuggets and the Celtics. So it, it affects four teams that were playing late into the season that played – you know, late into September and into October. And it's just, you know, it, it's basically a two to two and a half month turn to start up a season, to have an off season, to do the draft, free agency, all that stuff. Um, but more importantly, I mean, what the players are concerned about is rest. You know, it's, you have guys like LeBron James who is you know he's he's pretty old he's getting there he'll be going into his 18th season this next season um he had a you know he really had his first real injury not last season but the season before that with his groin injury he was able to stay healthy all of this season minus sitting out a few games here and there um but for him obviously his health is of the utmost importance to him to the Lakers to Lakers fans we want we want and need LeBron to be healthy considering how late in his career he is and so it's a concern you know you don't have enough a whole lot of downtime especially back when you know playing the bubble they're playing they're playing just about every other day during the playoffs you know you have a game one game on one day off and then a game back on and rarely did you have even two days rest like really the the most rest the Lakers got during the playoffs was after they won a series they would win a series in five games and then wait for the next series to finish up and then then go and like those that rest was for the playoffs and for the format was pretty significant you know they'd get up to six seven days rest which is good but but for the most part they're they're going they're going they they're playing a game, they have a day off. They're playing a game, they have a day off. And these are playoff games. These are serious games. These are high-intensity, high-energy, high-level games. And now the NBA wants the the to turn around and start a season two months from that. So, you know, I mean, as an NBA fan, as, a, as someone that loves watching the NBA, especially when the Lakers are playing well, um, I'm happy to have the NBA returns sooner than later. You know, I, when they were talking about the return date, originally it was like, oh, probably January or February and, you know, maybe March. And for me, I'm like, all right, let's do January or February. Like, why wait till March, you know? Let's just do January or February. And now the NBA is like, well, let's do December 22nd. Let's do end of December so we can get those Christmas games in. And, I mean, I'm – in theory, I'm cool with that. Like, if I was a team – if if my favorite team or if I was, you know, the – even a team that, you know, played in a play-in game or got knocked out early in the playoffs, like the Blazers or the Suns or the or the Grizzlies, uh, you know, and then any other team that didn't make it, the Warriors, um, I'd be chomping at the bit. You know, if I'm the Nets, I want to get out. I'm ready to go. You know, I've been off since March. I haven't played an NBA game since March of 2020. And so December is, you know, perfect for – you know, what is it, like three-fourths of the team, if not more, of the teams, if not more. So so I get it. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm opposed to that necessarily. But if you think about it this way, you have 
you have the best teams played late, right? So you have the Lakers, the Heat, who were, in theory, the two best teams this season, at least given the cards they were drawn. <laughs> um, and then you have, like, the Bucks, the Clippers, and then you have the Western, the teams that made the, the conference finals, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Raptors. Like, let's just say you go from, like, the, the semifinal game matchups all the way to the finals. Those are, in theory, probably the best teams in the NBA. Those stars, you know, you have LeBron James, who's getting old and needs to rest. Anthony Davis, who just, as a tall, like a tall guy, tall people get hurt easily. You know, their bodies are, they're, I always think of tall NBA players as like, like a fragile statue almost in a way, like, especially ones that play well. Like Anthony Davis, he's like a, he's like this marble statue Maybe not marble, because marble's really strong. Whatever, like, a... Whatever a beautiful, like, rock is that's not very strong, or, like, a... Or even, like, like let's say, like, stained glass or something. Like, it's very beautiful, but very fragile. And, like, he, his body... It defies physics. It works extremely well. He, He's like a gazelle out there. He plays beautifully. It's amazing what he does. He's a great player. But because he's so big, he has so much, like, on his joints and stuff, and his feet, and his ankles, and, and his knees, like, it's, it's, you run risk of just, of injury so, so easily, that he needs to be careful, and especially considering what, how he was with the Pelicans, you know, he was a bit of a, uh, an injury risk, and he was always getting, you know, kind of getting nicked and bumped and getting hurt. And, like, you saw that a little bit with the Lakers. I think he was better. I think I think he he fought through things a little bit more. But I don't, you know, I'm not saying Anthony Davis is, like, an injury-prone person. But with the amount that he fall, like, he, he falls a lot and he's so tall. It's just, like, if it seems inevitable that something could happen if he doesn't take care of himself. Um... And so, like, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, you have, I mean, Jimmy Butler, he's kind of like a, he's like a warrior in how he goes, you know, I don't know that he would, he would object necessarily, but, like, you saw him after those games in the finals, like, he, he was in a press conference, I think it was after game five, when they won by, like, six points, the game where Danny Green missed the last second three, close game, great game, Jimmy Butler put like everything on the line everything on the floor and then a press conference late like it's like midnight or later in Orlando and he's walking away from the from the press conference and he can barely move he's like and I get I mean like that's when you play an NBA game like that and you play that hard like that's what it is but but he was playing hard putting everything he had into those games and dude's got to be tired He's going to want some rest, more than two months. So you have Jimmy Butler, you have Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, who, notorious for load management, that's all he did this season with the Clippers, with load management, played like 35 games, you know, like, he, he's not going to want to come back in, in December, I bet. Um, you know, Jamal Murray with the Nuggets, at the end of that series, he was, 
nursing a little injury. He probably wants more rest. So my point is, is you have all these, all these stars in the NBA that were crucial in the, in the playoffs and the finals this season that are either kind of hurt that need to like help recover or just played really hard really late in the season and you know later in the year than, than they than they usually do and so they're gonna they're not gonna want to come back and play on December 22nd or Christmas or whatever the start day is so and and Danny Green alluded to this on on the Ringer NBA podcast um, I think it was the Real Ones podcast and he said that like he was just saying that if the NBA comes back December 22nd, don't expect to see guys like LeBron James there. Like they're going to they're going to take off the first month of the season. I mean, they're not they'll be with the team, they'll they'll be working out, they'll be like preparing and getting ready, but it just doesn't make sense to jump back into the season for a month when you you know, you have like I don't know, I don't know. It depends on how many games you have in that month. Like it could be like 15 games or 12 games or I guess if they're doing a shortened season, it could be more. It could be like twenty games, but like you have the you you have a, a percentage of of the season's games in a month. Like you kind of look at the risk, especially with LeBron. Like you saw him do that with some of his Cavs teams, where like he definitely like took his foot off the gas pedal when he needed to during the regular season. And you know, I remember myself included with you know different sports talks people and people on social media were like is this is LeBron like are they gonna make the playoffs you know like that was the question and they go and make the finals and and you know like it's yeah like they had a I think they played in a lot of game sevens in that playoffs and stuff but like that's just what LeBron does like he does what he needs to do to both take care of himself and when like he's not gonna do anything to endanger the Lakers necessarily from not making the playoffs or anything, but he's going to take care of himself. He knows that his body is of utmost important of utmost importance. Like I said, so like he's going to take care of himself, and I think a lot of other NBA, especially stars, are going to, are going to do the same thing. And maybe to the NBA, it doesn't matter. Like maybe they'll take because you have guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, you know, and even like Devin Booker and. Damian Lillard like you have there's still a lot of really good NBA players that because of this weird season where the Warriors were had a down year the Nets well they didn't have a down year necessarily but like they were missing Kyrie and KD for most of the the season so you have a lot of good like really typical top NBA players that were not in the offseason this season um so maybe they're like well we'll have those guys at least and they'll take the they'll kind of run that risk I could see that happening um so who kn- I mean we who knows I think the thing is like the the they're going to have to like revise the CBA they're going to the players are going to have to agree to it and you know in some sense like this is all driven by by money so it's really the the networks that are pushing for this December start date and you know, in one sense, those TV deals are what, you know, funds the NBA, basically, and what 
provides for the salaries for the for the players and stuff. So like in one sense, it's it would be smart of them to start in December. In the other sense, they're running the risk of playing a handful of games without some of the top NBA players. And and who knows? Maybe it's just the Lakers. Maybe it's only LeBron that doesn't play. I don't. I don't. We don't know. But I think it is a legitimate risk that the top players on the teams that played late in the playoffs won't um, won't play at least the the beginning games of the 21 season if it starts in December. And who knows? Also, like maybe it's the um, maybe it's the NBA posturing themselves. Maybe they're like pushing December 22nd um, as like an opening position and they'll meet somewhere in the middle with the players if they don't want that start date and start sometime in January or maybe early February or something. Um, the only thing that makes me think that's not the case is knowing that, that the Christmas games are very important to the NBA. So they're going to want to, uh, you know, play those games. So, and, and the fact that it's most likely the network's pushing for that date and the NBA is kind of stuck in the middle between the between the players and the networks. So we'll see what happens. I certainly wouldn't be surprised either way. I know, you know, Adam Silver is very focused on the players. He cares about the players, definitely the stars in the NBA. So in one sense, I wouldn't be surprised if they did push the date a little later. But also, um, those Christmas Day games are important, especially if they can't have fans in the stadiums, um, either for the whole season or just to start the season. If they can't have fans in the arenas, then that really takes away a lot of revenue. And and the NBA is struggling, you know. Um, the ratings and revenues and all that stuff are down just because of a handful of things. Especially, I mean, I think the to me the big thing is that the NBA season was going, the NBA season stopped, the uh, the TV deals, they had, you know, they lost advertising, they lost a bunch of stuff just with the COVID shutdowns. Um, then they come back in a fanless, um, you know, fanless game, like games without fans, and it, it's a weird environment, it's hard to watch, it's, it's also happening and it's in, like, the season of the year where the bat, where NBA isn't happening typically, um, aside from maybe like a summer like summer league or something. So like people aren't accustomed to watching basketball. Um, football was in full swing or like was just was starting up basically um, as, as the playoffs were starting up. Um, and and yeah, sure. Like there was I think a handful of people that didn't want to watch that didn't watch the games because of the excuse me because of all the the social justice stuff. Personally, I don't think that was a big driver for revenues or, or viewership being down. I think there's a lot of other factors. I think that is a percentage of the factors, but I don't think that's the main driver. But I do think that most of it, like it just, it's a weird year, a tough year. Um, and so the NBA needs money. So definitely don't be surprised if the NBA starts around Christmas, uh, maybe a couple days before Christmas. Um, and we'll just have to kind of keep a, you know, if that does happen, keep a lookout for what 
guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis and and Kawhi and, and Jimmy Butler, you know, all those the guys that were playing in the playoffs late late-ish in the playoffs, uh, we'll kind of see what they do and and how that affects the start of the NBA season. All right, let's jump in and let's just talk about the Lakers, the team. Um, so the Lakers, this team, pretty unbelievable, if you ask me. So as this, you know, before the season, during the season, everyone liked to hate on the Lakers, say they weren't a great team, didn't have any role players, didn't have guys that could, you know, they had LeBron and Anthony Davis, but no one else. Um, you know, people were even picking, I mean, people literally throughout the entirety of the playoffs, people were picking other teams over the Lakers in each series. Like, oh, don't think the Lakers can get, can get past the Blazers. Or they would say, like, you know, Lakers will probably beat the Blazers, but it might go to seven games. You know, and then the Lakers go up against the, the Rockets. So I don't think the Lakers have what it takes to handle the small ball Rockets. And then, same, you know, they said the same thing all the way up until, up until the Heat, where they're like, well, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the two best players in the series. But then after that, the Heat have the next six best players or whatever it was, you know. And basically the Lakers proved all of the talking heads, all the sports talk radio people that talk about basketball to be complete idiots. They're all fools. They're all either that. It's either they're complete idiots or they just say things for ratings, which like ever since I've started this podcast and I've been paying a ton more attention to what people are saying about the Lakers and, and, and ever since the Lakers have been a good basketball team, really, it's kind of, and I've been just like focusing on the things that these people say and stuff like this season really proved that that sports talk stuff is kind of all just like bs like no one really knows what they're saying and it's all just entertainment which i i think most people get that but also like if you don't get that like pay more attention to that like and i think that it'll enlighten some people out there but basically yeah the lakers proved a lot of people in the sports entertainment world to be like I said, either idiots or just saying things for, for ratings or for clicks or whatever, you know? Um, so all that being said, the Lakers, like, I kind of do in some way, though, agree with what they're saying. Like, at least looking at, like, KCP, Danny Green, Alex Caruso, those Kuzma, Kuzma, like, those guys, like, it is true. They're not, like, on their own, standing on their own. They're not necessarily great NBA players. I think I think the great NBA players on the Lakers roster are LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo. I think that's about it. I mean, you could probably put Dwight Howard in that conversation because he was a great player in his past and he's his kind of return to the Lakers and and playing that role and and being very solid especially during the regular season having great some great moments in the playoffs like I think you can consider him a great player but like currently I wouldn't like he's not he wasn't like necessarily moving the needle for the Lakers in terms of greatness I think Rondo played a huge impact bigger than anyone really thought he would so he proved I think he's proved to like be a great asset and obviously even then between Anthony Davis and LeBron James there is a big gap between those two and Rajon Rondo but 
he he played a great impact in a championship winning on a championship winning team in a very difficult year to win a championship in my opinion so anyways all that being said is like the Lakers aren't stacked with great players um but they put together the right team to win a championship like what they needed to win a championship they had the guys on the team that would you know knew what they needed to do like what was necessary to win a championship and they went out and did it so like in that sense like in that sense it was a great team but in other senses like you might not like not knowing what happened having no context looking at a roster you might not obvious like the Lakers might not be the obvious pick on who you'd want to pick like on who you'd think would win a championship or who you think would be the best team so in that sense it's like it's really wild that the Lakers just kind of ran the table as well as they did you know the fact that they like the Heat they're a good team they're a scrappy team the Lakers won in six like I think that was like a solid series but the fact that the Lakers beat the Nuggets and the Rockets and the and the Blazers all in five games is pretty unbelievable. And hats off. Like, I think I said this in my episode after the Lakers won the championship. Like, just hats off to them for doing what they needed to do, having guys that would play their roles. Um, I think, you know, chemistry really plays a big difference in a good NBA championship-winning team, and the Lakers proved that this year. So all that being said, like, this Lakers team is great, you know, and, the Lakers did they tweeted out this stat it's been floating around since the Lakers won the championship but this Lakers team was 57 and 0 um I think when it when having a lead I think it's going into the fourth quarter and the reason I bring up like whether this Lakers team is a great team or not is because to me that stat is the stat of a great team like that's up there with in terms of like stats and like the win-loss record stuff like that's up there in my opinion with the was it 73 and 9 warriors um 72 and 10 uh bulls you know like those were great teams great had all had great records um really unbelievable the fact the fact that they won that many games to be honest but i think like it's a it's a different stat obviously because it's like just Okay, it's only for when the Lakers were leading in the going into the fourth quarter and whatever. But to be able to have a lead going into the fourth quarter and hold that lead and win every single game where you had a lead in the fourth quarter, that's unbelievable. Like the Clippers wish they had that wish they had that record. If they had that record, they would have they wouldn't have uh, lost in the semifinals to the Nuggets, you know? It's like teams good teams still struggle with holding on to holding on to leads when you play other good teams so in my opinion like that stat proves that this is a great this team this Lakers team is a great team and I'll give it to you it's a this Lakers team is a weird team like like I said looking at on paper you would not necessarily necessarily think that this Lakers team would win an NBA championship or would be the best team or would maybe you don't even think they'd be a great team I give you, I'll give you that on, like on paper, but with what they were able to do and how they executed, the chemistry they had, and the fact that they're fifty-seven and zero when having a lead in the fourth, going into the fourth quarter, like that, 
that is a great team right there. So props to the Lakers and it's truly unbelievable. Like it's it's just fun to talk about because it's they're such a weird team. So um but also like a fun team. So like I had a blast watching them and talking about them and whatnot. So just want to bring that up. I think that if you're on the fence on whether or not this Lakers team is could be considered an all-time great team, I think that stat gives you some leverage. It's not the same as the Warriors or the Bulls or um, even like the even the the three-peat Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. You know, like those are some all-time great teams, and I think that this Laker, this 2020. Lakers team, 2019-2020 Lakers team, has some leverage in that argument. of not. I'm not saying that they're the all-time greatest team of all time, but that stat is worthy of getting put like in the top five conversation. Maybe top ten conversation. I mean, there's been a lot of really good teams, a lot of great teams, so but it definitely puts them in the conversation with some of the greatest teams of all time, which is awesome. I think it's just fun to like like that we got to witness greatness like that um and you know hats off to lebron james and anthony davis and and alex caruso and danny green and those guys that like played like that's that is a defensive metric right there to have a lead going into the fourth quarter playing against some of the greatest teams in the nba in the current nba and not losing a lead like that and not and not forfeiting a game because of bad defense or or whatnot because we saw many plenty of times at the Lakers that their their offense could go cold and what kept them in games what made this Lakers team a championship team was their defense so you know hats off to them hats off to the great defense and I really think that they're in that conversation for conversation for a great you know all NBA great team you know so that being said, like, what should the Lakers do heading into free agency? You know, I think free agency will be starting in a couple weeks here um, in mid-November. And, you know, is this – with this team accomplishing what they did, what do the Lakers need to do to, to run it back? You know, if the Lakers – especially considering how the NBA is going to be a little tougher next season. So you have the Warriors coming back. You have the Nets who will have KD back and Kyrie back, so they'll be stronger. The Clippers will be good still. Um, The Rockets will still be a force. The Nuggets will be good. The Western Conference is still going to, you know, it's going to be stronger than it was last season. What do the Lakers need to do to, you know, win the conference again? And... I think it's two things. I think they need to maintain their defensive intensity. They need to improve in shooting. And they need a strong guard. And I say, so the guard thing is kind of the last thing I mentioned because it's a little iffy and it really depends on what happens. So I'll start with that, I suppose. So. Rajon Rondo proved, like I said, to be 
a huge asset for this Lakers team, especially while we were missing Avery Bradley in the bubble. Um, Rondo came off came off of injury, uh, starting with the Rockets series in the semifinals. Had a rough game in the rough game one, and then came out and he basically was the difference maker for the Lakers the entire playoffs. Because we knew LeBron and Anthony Davis were going to be good, but then Rondo came in and he did a lot of stuff, whether it's defensively or offensively, hitting threes, making layups, making the right pass, getting steals, things like that. That really put the Lakers over the hump in winning that championship. So there's been rumors floating around that the Clippers are interested in Rajon Rondo, as they should be. Rondo proved that he's not just some washed-up NBA all-star. He's he's a guy that you want on your team. There's some risk there. He's older. There's injury risk. He was injured a few times this season. Nothing catastrophic, obviously, but there's risk with injury with Rondo. But I think he, he proved to the NBA to the Lakers and to all the other teams that he's worth having on your roster. And, you know, in some way, and you know, it's good for him because he proved that he's worth, you know, probably a few more million dollars than what he would have made if the Lakers, either if he didn't perform well or if the Lakers didn't win the championship, you know. So, like, he's off a championship year, was a huge asset to the Lakers, and he could make a, you know, a good chunk of change. Now, the question is, he's later in his career. Does he want that? Does he need that? Um, Or does he want to be on the best team he can be on? So there's questions there on whether or not Rondo comes back to the Lakers or does does he go to the Clippers or another team that is willing to pay him maybe more money or is able to pay him more money. I think the Lakers need to do what they can to keep Rondo unless they have another good option you know like if they have like if Avery Bradley's coming back and they think they can sign someone else or trade for someone else you know personally I think like you're better off keeping the guy on the team that did well on your team than moving off of him Um, but if he decides to leave then that's his own prerogative and the Lakers have to do what they can um, in that situation so I think the Lakers are would be better off if they were able to re-sign Rondo but who knows so but that being said if they can re-sign Rondo then the guard situation is less important in some ways it's really important more from a regular season standpoint Rondo there's a reason why playoff Rondo is is Rondo's nickname is because he doesn't really show up for the regular season games like he plays he, but he doesn't put a, he's kind of like LeBron in the, in how he was with the Cavs, you know, where he like is either trying to conserve energy or, you know, doesn't just like, doesn't focus well enough or I don't, you know, who knows what it is really. I think a lot of it is conserving energy, especially as he gets older, but he is not as strong in the regular season as he proved to be in the playoffs. So that's why Avery Bradley for the Lakers was huge in the regular season because he was able to play a lot of those those point guard minutes, play really good defense, um, 
you know, he could hit the mid-range or a three every once in a while. And, like, you know, he was huge in that Clippers game. Uh, I think it was early March or mid-March, like March 10th or so, when the Lakers won in the regular season. You know, he proved to be huge in that game, like the Lakers' third-best player. So having a guy like Bradley, Avery Bradley, um, during the regular season is huge for the Lakers. And then you have Rondo as, like, a bench guy that comes in, fills minutes in the regular season, and then really turns it on in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't know exactly the answer. I th- To be honest, I think the Lakers should try and just run it back with the guards they had, try and keep both Avery Bradley and Rondo on the roster if possible. But, again, that all really depends. So more to come on that one. But, like I said, I think the Lakers need need – a couple strong guards and, and again we have Alex Caruso still who's a great defensive player and is a guy that's not going to fill up the stat sheet but he's going to be in the right place at the right time make the right move whether on defense or on offense so he's also you can't we can't forget about him necessarily so like that that core guard of like Caruso Avery Bradley and Rondo uh, I think is huge for the Lakers if they can if they can hold on to it um, moving on to like shooting, so Danny Green was our three-point specialist. It was a bit of a disappointment, and it wasn't just the playoffs. You know, I'm not on that. Like, I don't hate Danny Green for missing that shot in Game Five against the Heat in the finals. Like, yeah. If if anything, I'm more just bummed for him, especially knowing that the Lakers won the championship like looking in hindsight, you know. I think for me like in the moment I was I was mad cuz like the Lakers could have won. But like if anything I feel bummed for him cuz like that would have been a huge shot. And like had Danny Green made that shot, I think it would have wiped away a lot of criticism. You know, I think it would have like made people like him more and I think that he I don't know, he just couldn't really get in a rhythm all season you know when I first started this podcast back in March I said that like Danny Green is a three and D and this is in the he stepped up and played good defense in the playoffs during the regular season though like his defense was kind of lacking in my opinion like he would run out to close out a three and he would either he would always overrun the closeout and then the guy would either pump could either pump fake and go or he could shoot and draw a foul because you're overrunning it and you have your hand up, you know? So so I said back in March, like, Danny Green was signed to be the Lakers 3 and D guy, but at the time he wasn't great at, at the 3 and, and wasn't great at the D, you know? And he proved to be a good defensive asset in the playoffs. The shooting was hit and miss, you know? Like, in, in game six, Danny Green didn't, didn't shoot poorly. I mean... He only, I think he took five shots, five, sorry, he took five three-pointers. So as a three-point specialist, I think you should be taking more, but also I guess you're playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, so it's a little different. You're going to get less shots. Anyways, he went two for five in game six. So he was, before that shot, he was two for four, shooting 50% from three, and then misses the, the, the potential game-winning three, ends up going two for five for the game like stat wise not a bad game 
do you want to see Danny Green make more than two threes in a game? Yes. But overall, not a bad game going two for five from a stat perspective. Um, All that being said, is Danny Green the guy that I want after this season to be our three-point specialist again? Not really. Especially not for 15 million bucks or whatever it is that he's making. Um, What I like, you know, I would love to see what the Lakers could get if they packaged up a trade deal, including him. But that being said, like, I want to make sure the Lakers are getting good three-point shooting in return or on the free agent market. So a guy that's out there, this would be a bit of a stretch, but I think my ideal situation would be a guy would be uh, Danilo Gallinari, who's six foot ten, lights out from three. He's getting a little bit older. He's had some injury risk, or he had, he's had injury, so there's some injury risk. Um, but he was on the Thunder last season, and he was a big difference maker for them. He was a huge three point shooter. He could play he can play in the post he he wouldn't need to with playing with ad and especially if they kept like a guy like dwight howard or javel mckee or both you know he wouldn't really have to play in the post but he can play in the post he has some nice post moves um but he was a huge difference maker for the thunder who turned out to be a a playoff team this season you know they were like the sixth seed which I know, again, like the seeding was weird this year because of COVID and the restart and the seeding games and all that stuff. But a good tall guy like like Gallinari, who can shoot, it's kind of it would be kind of similar to when LeBron played with Kevin Love and, and the Cavs. You know, a, a tall shooter like that. Um, the only issue is that he's currently his current contract with the Thunder was like he was making like twenty million a year with them the most the Lakers could probably pay for him is like nine million so he would have to take a pay cut but he's later in his career maybe he's ready to start ring chasing you know so maybe he's willing to take a a pay cut to play for a team like the Lakers who are a legit contender and could win a championship again next year I I think it's a it's a bit of a stretch only because it's a huge pay cut. You know, it's, good. it's almost... It's more than 50% of what he's currently making. What the Lakers probably could pay him. Um, that being said, if I were if I were Gallinari... And again, I've never been, obviously, in the position of an NBA player who's making millions of dollars. You know, I know if someone were to come to me and be like, Oh yeah, like you can take a 50% cut on your salary... You know, I would be like, hell no, I can't. Like, how are you trying me to pay my bills and stuff? So, like, it's very much possible that he just can't do that. I don't know what it's like to be a millionaire, to have millions of dollars in the bank. But things are relative. Millionaires pay a lot of money for the things that they pay for. So, very possible that he can't take that pay cut. But if it is possible for him to do it, if his financial advisor says, like, yeah, you can make this work for a season maybe two seasons or whatever it is um i definitely if i were him would not scoff at the idea of that pay cut to play for to play for the lakers especially because the lakers are really going to be you know they're desperate for three-point shooting and he could come in be an instant starter on a playoff contender or sorry a championship contender 
Um, so that's kind of like my like pie in the sky, perfect scenario situation for the Lakers signing a guy like Gallinari. But who knows? We'll see what happens. And then that being the last thing I I had mentioned was the Lakers need to maintain their good defense. Having LeBron James and Anthony Davis really will help with that. You know, there are stories out there that Anthony Davis told the team, told LeBron, that he had a goal of winning Defensive Player of the Year this season. I think that really helped the Lakers step up their defense in supporting their guy to try and get that award. Anthony Davis didn't win that award this season, so I think that's going to be another goal of his is to win that award this season to make sure the Lakers' defense is top-notch and for them to win, or for him to win, Defensive Player of the Year and to be a great defensive team next season. Obviously, that's every team's goal is to be a great defensive team, but I think it's going to be another priority for the Lakers, especially considering Coach Vogel and LeBron and Anthony Davis and all you know those guys, and then and just how well, how much success they had last season with it all. So, I think if the Lakers can maintain good defense, get a good shooter on their team, whether that's I mean, you're not developing Danny Green because he's an older player, but doing something to help him get out of the out of the funk he was in last season, whether it's that or signing another guy that can be your go-to three-point shooter, um, and then also holding on to either the core guards they have right now with Rondo, KCP, and Caruso, or... If, Ron, if a guy like Rondo decides to to go to another team, then maintaining, signing or trading for another solid guard. So that being said, there's a lot more to, more to come in the next coming weeks with free agency, with the draft, with when the NBA season is going to start. So I'm um, hoping to put out some more episodes on a more regular basis during this offseason. Thanks for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!